Hello, and welcome to The Rob Burgess Show. I'm, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 136th episode, our returning guest is Ash Burgess. You first heard Ash Burgess on episodes 16, 26, 27, 39, 58, 63, 77, 86, 91, 100, 124, 130, and episode 82, which also featured fellow regular guest Jonathan Fowler of the podcast. Ash Burgess has a dusty degree in religious studies and an appetite for both high and low culture. She strives to celebrate the best of every season with her young children. You can follow her on Instagram at Ash Burgess, all one word, and subscribe to her YouTube channel. I'll have a link in the description of the show. This is also a very special episode because three years ago today, which was March 11th, 2016, the very first episode of The Rob Burgess Show dropped and featured now regular guest Sean Spicer. Thank you to everyone who has been a guest and thank you to everyone who has listened to any of these episodes, including this one. And now on to the show. And so, Ash, welcome back to The Rob Burgess Show. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. I'm possibly more excited than before. I think this, this episode has so much potential to be, I think, one of the most exciting episodes we've ever done together. It's true, and it's an idea we've talked about for a long time, so we have a lot to say about it. Exactly. Not that we've talked about making it into an episode, but just what we're going to talk about is a topic that we've discussed for years. And I I even think, looking over the notes that we kind of jotted down about what we wanted to cover, I I don't even think we're covering it all. There's so much to be said. And I think think before we get too much into it, we should definitely put a kind of a warning here. This is definitely not an episode for children. (laughs) No. There's some very... I, I, don't, I think adult topics is a little misleading, but... Mature themes. Mature themes, <clears throat> not, not... Not for the child's ears. No. Um, and on top of that, though, in case any of you are getting a little scared now, you know, backing off, I would also like to say that you're about to hear some great ideas. Ideas that, honestly, I think that... Someone with the right means and motive and opportunity, this could be your billion dollar idea right here, <laughs> contained in this episode. You heard uh-huh. it here first. Okay. Now, are you, uh, we talked about it a little bit, but are you going to get mad if someone does do one of these ideas after hearing this? Yes and no. I mean, I think I'll enjoy being mad about it. It's okay. the kind of thing where, it's kind of like how years ago my mom invented or claims to have invented the tofurkey before it was mass marketed to you know the public and of course every time she sees like an ad or something for tofurkey she likes to be like i invented the tofurkey if only i marketed this or whatever at the same time it's like she obviously didn't like put the moves forward to like make the tofurkey or sell the idea to anywhere or whatever so it's more like i think there's kind of that place where you can just sort of enjoy being a little incensed that someone else has taken your idea and run with it but like you kind of know that you're not actually going to work on any of these ideas so as much as you might be irritated that someone else is profiting from your idea i think you're also a little titillated to see like the validation like yes in fact this was a great idea and it's so cool that this is really happening somewhere so hopefully i'll have a balanced amount of you know anger and also excitement if someone else takes one of these ideas and really you know turns it into a big thing and a lot of times ideas are just floating around because a lot of these ideas are to solve a problem and a lot of people have the same problems exactly and some of the ideas that i have i'm pretty sure must already exist somewhere it's just Mm -hmm. i haven't encountered them so to my knowledge and i haven't done any like extensive research these things don't exist but i suspect that some of them are happening on some scale somewhere already. But if you come up with something on your own, it, it still means that you invented it if you didn't get the idea from somewhere else, even if someone else somewhere else is having someone else somewhere else is having the same idea. Oh, for sure. So. so I guess to I mean we should give a little bit of a more formal introduction to this. So what we're talking <laughs> about here is obviously as you probably caught on now, we're talking about ideas. Specifically Great ideas that I have had over the years. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why you like talking about this. Oh, no, yes, but but you know, give it a little. I mean, you you need. I think I think 
to really make this work, it requires something of an intro from you, and then I can, you know, maybe elaborate on the intro a little bit. All right, well, Ash has these great ideas all the time. She's just dropping dropping little jewels here and there. I, for years, have, you know, we, we've had great amusement talking about some of my great ideas, most of which you have some issues with. I, I'm i just, you know, I'm just considering all the, the possibilities of what, of what you're saying with some of these. But you've given a name to my ideas, or not to my ideas, but I guess sort well, of an umbrella under which all okay, these ideas well, could exist. First, before we say the name of it, we should kind of define what it is. Now, this is the fantasy idea I have where you have a company that just, you have an R&D department, you have a marketing department, exactly. you, have, you have the whole infrastructure to already retool and create the things that you are suggesting. And this is kind of an omni-corporation, worldwide, global conglomerate. Exactly. Now that you've that, kind that of... Is, that is, but, but, but I want to differentiate it possibly from a vanity label. Do you No, this is a real company. No, this is a real company. So so when we this, talk this about these ideas, company is a real company. Okay, but when we talk about these ideas, this isn't in the universe where you are rich and famous anyway and now you've started say Goop or now you've started No, like, no, no. I see this as the universe where I am really turning a profit a off business of my magnate, ideas. And this is And a business person, but I see myself as kind of the idea woman. And I have you know, scientists and engineers and other people in my employ who are able to make my genius vision come to fruition and then turn a profit. So really, you're kind of like Elon Musk in some ways. Yes, that's pretty much exactly what I am. Okay, <laughs> exactly. just exactly. pretty much exactly like yeah. Elon Musk. Yes, yes. So okay, so now that we've set the table. Okay, um, so so basically, the name so, of, yeah, so, yeah. so basically, when I come to you with these wild ideas, you're like. Oh, that's another idea for... Ashco. Yes, Ashco. Ashco is the umbrella corporation which will be enacting all of Ash's many innovative ideas. Yes. So, um, where do you want to start talking about Ashco? Now, my idea well, was to talk about... The corporate culture. The corporate culture, yes. We want to define... Before we get into some of the actual inventions that Ashco yes. is you know, profiting from, we want to talk a little bit about... Some of the ideas that I've had that apply more to lifestyle, yes. specifically that could then be applied to the now, lifestyle these are your of workers, employees. All the yes. Ashco. Yes. I how many, how many employees do you imagine you have, like, roughly? Probably Couple a thousand. lot. I mean, I, I 10, have no 000. idea how many people it would take to make these ideas a reality, but I think there are different divisions of Ashco. So there's, there are various scientists and engineers so kind say of working out the mechanics as well as, you know, marketing and all the, you know, all the different departments that you need to take an idea, make it into a real thing, and mm. then get that product, you know, sold to the customer. However many people work for Elon Musk. Sure. <laughs> oh, or, but, but I think differently in that, of course we're talking about Elon Musk, but it's like, what do I own that... He is like made nothing, but Ashco produces no, products. No, he that, does. Like, he does. He has like you has different ideas, yes, yes. and he has different parts of his business empire that complete these tasks because they're more oriented to that. Like he has SpaceX, guess, he has yes, Tesla. Yes, but you know I guess the saying? differentiation that I'm getting at is that I think a lot of Ashco products are things that some of them are a little wilder, but many of them are things that I I, I envision a regular person being able to purchase at like a CVS. There's a thing. There's a theme. Yeah, many of these things, a regular individual can go into CVS and buy this off the shelf. That's the kind of reach reach and commonality that Ashco has made. There are some other more specialty items that might be, you know, you might have to obtain those, you know, ordered through the website or whatever. These are mostly health and and beauty products. Health and beauty. Health and beauty, but I would I would say I would say if I had to characterize Ashco, it's a lifestyle brand because we don't want to pigeonhole ourselves in just health or just beauty. These are products that help you to live your life more fully in the way that you want to. Okay, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. But dialing let's, it back to the corporate culture, let's talk about people the people that are working, that are working at Ashco. I think the idea that you're really trying to lead me towards is this is a big idea that I've had for years. <laughs> Not specific, I didn't come up with this specifically for Ashco. This uh-huh. is an idea that I think I proposed as a general idea that more workplaces should take on. But Ashco, of course, could kind of pioneer this. And of course. Hopefully other, other, other places will model themselves after us after they see our success. Okay. And this is kind of also 
tapping into the idea that I, I envision Ashco as kind of like, you know how places like Google are supposedly great to work because they have all these cool things about the workplace, like the free M&Ms and the childcare and the parks and the exercising and the, mm. in the, like the coffee bar and all the, you know, workplaces that offer some things that they're like, oh, it's great to work here. One of the things that really sets working at Ashco apart from other jobs is that sure, you're going to work hard. Sure, we need people that are at the top of their game to really make these products a reality. But, wait for it. Wait for it. Three-day work week. How is this possible? It seems too good to be true, doesn't it? Oh, and it it is. (laughs) Yes, of course, there is a price to be paid for only having to work. Okay, so in in Ashco, Mm -hmm. when you work for Ashco... Sign your life away. To the company. <laughs> Quiet, you. You work. I'm a subversive person. You only have to work. I wouldn't last long in Ashco, by the way. You only have to work Monday, okay. Tuesday, and Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So every week is a four-day weekend. Mm-hmm. Imagine the glory of having a four-day weekend every single week. Okay. Now I would okay. I'd like to preface this by saying, not telling me how okay. this is possible. I will, I'm getting there. Yeah, I'm getting I know there. you are. <laughs> I'd like away. to say that I had this idea before that movie we watched recently. What was that movie? Thank you for. Oh, uh, sorry to bother you. Sorry, yes, sorry to bother you. I had this that idea years before. Sorry to bother you and the thing with the people that are trapped in the warehouse working around the <laughs> clock or whatever. This is not like that. You're you're not trapped at Ashco working around the clock. You have four days a week where you're not expected to be at work. All you have to all do... All you tech giants that think the same is <laughs> the problem. All you have to do okay. is sleep at work uh-huh. two nights a week. Where am I sleeping at work? I'm envisioning, you know, a pretty typical office plan where you have a desk to is, work at. Is this an open you're gonna office have a nice, plan? You have your cubicles? Be. Offices? I'm thinking it's open office. Plant cubicles are so depressing. Let the open offices has its problems too. There Especially be... when you're sleeping there. Yes, because as, as I was getting ready to say, <laughs> underneath your ample desk, ample. <laughs> there is really a sleeping There's a sleeping quarters. You first. All right. Um. And so, yes, that takes a little bit of getting used to the idea that you're not going home on Monday. <laughs> I'm not going home on Monday or Tuesday night. Uh-huh. However, <clears throat> I think that part of the reason that this appeals to me, and maybe this doesn't appeal to you as much, is because I think different people have different ways of focusing. Like, how they like to get things done. And like, I have a lot of trouble multitasking in the sense that it's difficult for me to divide my attention. I can do really good work if I allow myself to hyper-focus. And I think that the person who thrives in Ashco's three-day work setup is like me. I'm not saying high pressure. I'm saying high focus. Like, basically, you're committing yourself to really focusing on your work Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So, basically, in this scenario... Unless you have, like, meetings or whatever that you have to, like, you know, move around the building. You're, like, moving around or whatever. If you're mostly a desk worker, it's not like you're going to be taking, like, an hour for dinner. Like, you're going to work through the dinner hour. But nutritious food can be ordered into your desk, either from, you know, an external, you know, anywhere that you'd order in from normally. Or I think the Ashco will probably provide some kind of a food service option. Maybe this could lead into another of your ideas later. Well, maybe, but I think there's more to be said about this. I know, know, but yes. And there would be some sort of, there would be some sort of a break for exercising, especially for the more desk type of workers. So we don't want people getting like a blood clot or something from like not leaving their desk enough. And people would obviously be free to use the bathroom, you know? Oh, good. They're free to use the bathroom. Wonderful. But I'm just saying like, think of how much more work you could get done if you didn't have to, like, if on Monday... You didn't have to, like, leave work on Monday evening. If you could just kind of keep working for a little longer and, like, you know, have, like, a working dinner 
and then like you know maybe work right, for right. an hour after dinner and then kind of just like you know rest a little bit rejuvenate and then you know start again <laughs> on the next day mm-hmm. all right so this is a full-time position right mm-hmm. all right so yeah like talk- you're working a full-time job but in a three-day capsule so what we're talking about here to do the math on this yes we're talking about roughly about a 13-hour day yeah all three days to That's get to doable 40 if hours. you would eliminate all the time that you normally spend traveling to and from work. So we're talking about, and we're, and we're working through our meals, you're saying? Yes. Okay. So we're working from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m.? Sure. 9 p.m. to 10 p.m.? That's 9, 9 a.m. to 10 p.m.? Yeah, I mean, there are people that work that those hours anyway and still have to travel home. Mm. This is eliminating that part where you're then in the night trying to, like, get back to your house. I, okay. All right. Um, I admit. Okay, I acknowledge that there are certain problems. Do you, do you see any downsides to your to your idea? Not so much for the worker. <laughs> Not so much for the, <laughs> nothing for the worker. This is all positive on okay, that. Well, obviously there are issues if you have a family outside of work. Like if you have children or something, this is probably not the best work yeah. option for you no, like you know so if much. you're like a you know if you have an infant this is probably not going to work for you unless your partner also works at ashco and you can trade shifts so like maybe you were yeah i mean that's you know that's not ideal maybe this is this is not you a shift will never for everyone. see your partner this is not a shift for everyone it's a shift for anyone <laughs> this is just for some people who choose to make some sacrifices for the four-day weekend mm-hmm. <laughs> I think or you could have some kind of a nanny or something that takes okay. care of your kids for a couple days. I think we've just started talking about the problems. With but okay, I think but those are more problems to the worker, which I'm less concerned with. I want the worker yeah, to figure not, them out. So yeah, you, the problems I'm more concerned with are the problems that it presents for me, the employer, yeah. such as the potential issue of like shenanigans that might occur in the workplace. What do you after mean hours. potential? You're guaranteed shenanigans. I mean, because there's already problems in a normal workspace with like people workspace affairs. People will have and, sex. Like, people will do drugs. People will drink. Of I course think that they will. But you know why? Be, because when people go home at night, that's the things they do at their own houses. I think that for this to work, it needs to be. People aren't going to give up that kind of stuff. It needs to be a sober workspace. Be, you're never going to enforce that. Sober workspace. How are you going to enforce that? I mean, as long Constant as you're very monitoring. strict about as long as you're very strict about what people can bring into the building and take out with them, this would be totally fine. So your metal detectors, drug sniffing dogs, the whole bit. But also just like a general. But like, also, there's nowhere to. I mean, where are you going to store things like this? I'm just thinking, like, just an openness that allows for I no mean, privacy. They, they get drugs into prisons, so somehow. But I'm saying I mean? theoretically, it's like, do you want to lose your job at Ashco? Then you know, go I ahead and stand your desk. So sober workspace, no shenanigans, somehow. Yeah. However, however enforcing this, I think that there are so many problems with this. I don't even know where to begin. It's problematic, but imagine the glory. No, there's of no just... glory. Okay, it's kind of like you know how we've been in, stuck in traffic before, and you've been like, when you were a kid, you were stuck in traffic, and you thought to yourself, "Why can't all the cars just agree to go faster together?" It's kind of like that. Like, why can't everybody just agree to work harder for a limited amount of time and then have a bigger weekend waiting for them as a reward? I think people get burnt out. I think you're overestimating how valuable a four-day weekend will be when you need to spend a lot of that time recovering from the expenditure of energy you've given to Ashco. Not really. I mean, you're sleeping under your desk. It's not like you have to just stay awake and work the whole time. 13 hours in a row, you don't leave your workplace, and you expect to be just as refreshed as normal when you get home at the end of that third day. And by the way, that's going to be a long drive home that third night. I think think saying... Optionally, people can sleep there on Wednesday night and leave in the morning on Thursday. This reminds me, and I've told you this, of one of my favorite Onion headlines, and I'm going to butcher it, but it's uh, Amazon forced to cancel latest initiative after realizing they just accidentally invented slavery. <laughs> I mean, there are some things to be worked out. Let's talk more about some of the lighter aspects of Ashco's work, workplace uh, culture. Because right. I have some other ideas okay. that I think could be We're brought moving on from this. I have idea. huge problems with this, but go on. <laughs> all right. I haven't perfected the kings of that. I'm just saying that's 
one model of working that Ashco might like to move towards. Okay, I'm just telling you from an employee perspective that it is so desirable to me to not spend the night at my workplace. That you would give up a four-day weekend? Give day, I would absolutely give up a four-day weekend. So you would give up on the idea I would, of working I would less com- than you I would, I would compromise and possibly attempt a four-day week. But I think three days where you sleep... I, I, but I would not sleep at work. I would, what I would do is I would say, work longer four days a week and then get a three-day weekend... And not 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 have the beds there and stuff. I think you just really don't want to sleep at work. I really don't want to sleep at work. Which is, you know, fair. Why? Do you? Would you want to? No, I mean, that sounds uncomfortable to me. I think uncomfortable is a light. But a lot of situations seem uncomfortable. I mean, surely you've been in a situation... I don't even want to take my shoes off in my workplace, ever. Ashko will be very clean. Also, you know how I feel about people wearing shoes indoors. Yes. But let's move on to talk about some of the other kind of okay. um, the parts of corporate culture that are a little a little lighter. Okay. All right. So this is not a requirement of my workers. This is more of a suggestion. I believe that everyone should collect something because right. it makes gift giving much easier. And obviously, you know, when you sleep under your desk two nights a week, you're going to grow close to your fellow employees. So there's going to be a lot of, like, office gift-giving celebrations, you know, all As people all in prison stuff. often do. <laughs> um, so. There's no camaraderie there. But you know how it's easier to give a gift to someone if they have a collection. For example, I have an aunt who collects frogs. So that's a real easy go-to for people that are looking for a gift for her. They can, like, find a frog figurine. I have another aunt who collects roosters. Um, one of my grandmothers used to collect elephants. Another one collected bells. Uh, I think that everyone should... I hesitate to say be required, but I strongly urge everyone to choose a collection to like really embrace. But really, this is a society-wide lived requirement you'd like to instill. In all you, society. But you only have a control over yes. the Ashco employees. And it's, it's kind of it's kind of reminds me of... Surely you've read that um, young adult dystopian novel, The Giver. Sure. Within their society, there's a lot of like structured hobbies and interests that people have at different times and mm-hmm. things that people do. It's all kind of like planned out like you know at a certain birthday you get a bicycle at a certain other birthday your stuffed animal is taken away like there's you know it's all kind of structured out this is somewhat reminiscent of that except you know it's like how the first example you come up with for a analogous program is from a dystopian children's novel well i'm not saying this program is the same i'm just saying it kind of reminds me of it a little bit but this is actually to help people achieve more happiness Alright. But what if they don't like their collection? It's not like the collection will just be assigned to you. Like it's not like you start working there what it's like you collect now. Uh collection and then regret it. You can just let people know that you're phasing out one collection and starting another one. But you, like, one but of you my have to pick one. Reached a saturation point, I think, with her frogs and then she's kind of moved on. I think she started adding more cats in. And I think you can just do that. You can be like, oh, hey, guys, by the way, I've started collecting cats now. I'm not as into the frogs as I once was. Okay. But people are required or heavily It's heavily encouraged to choose a collection. To choose a and to make it known to your coworkers so that people can, you know, gift you appropriately. And it's, like, got to be a type of thing people can just buy. For Hopefully you. it's something that's popular enough to be obtained. Like, hopefully it's something where it's, like... Yeah. Can't be too obscure. Yeah, no, you can't be like. It has to be like a giraffe or like a whale. Or it can't or be a like tur- fa- a popular fab- animal. Can't be like Faberge eggs or something. No, it needs to be like a popular animal or plant or something. You know, like it could be like daisies. I'm super into daisies. So people would give you like you know things with daisies on them. Mm-hmm. Or like I'm super into like cookies. So people would give you like cookie related items. So, three-day work week, got... We've got the three-day work week. Yes, three-day work week. We've got the collections. There's one other thing we wanted to talk about. 
Yes. So this is more something that we would offer just optionally on, you know, during the weekend if you wanted to come to, you know how sometimes workplaces have events and, you know, just, you know, socially things that you could do. Mm -hmm. And this is an idea that I feel like of all my ideas that I'm going to bring up tonight, this one is probably happening already somewhere. I just haven't happened to see this advertised or know where or when it's happening. But I know this has to be happening because this is such an obvious idea. Mm-hmm. Couples speed dating. Couples speed dating is like, you know how people are always saying, you know, it's hard to meet couple friends. Mm-hmm. Like we've been lucky enough to have like a few couples that we've been friends with and it's great to have like a couple friends where it's like a couple and you're a couple and like together the like quad of people can like hang out Mm -hmm. but it's not always easy to find couples friends so couple speed dating it's you know it's pretty self-explanatory it's like speed dating except instead of Mm -hmm. one person looking for a mate or someone to date it's like one couple quickly meeting with a bunch of other couples to see if there are any, like, other couples that they can, they're they compatible with that they might then start to, like, befriend and hang out with to do, like, couple you know, activities. Sleep under your desk next to each other first? No. <laughs> no not, not allowed. No, couple, even if you are a couple, you're still not allowed to sleep in the same desk at Ashco. Wow. Even in jail, they give you conju- <laughs> whatever visits. You have an entire 40 weekend every week to sleep with your spouse. Oh why, do you, why do you need to like, do that oh. during the... During the oh we need you to be resting during the sleeping hours so that you will come fully powered during the working hours during this you know, highly structured work week. <laughs> okay. All right. But um, can I suggest an innovation to your idea? Yes. All right, can, could we make it not only speed dating, but could we make it like a dating app, like swiping left and right on couples? Ooh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And that would be a way to take this idea, which I was thinking of just kind of being in-house, like this is an activity that I'm saying if we want to make it an Ashco We can now idea. make this an idea that we offer to people outside could be of the an company. app or something. Yeah, and now we're making money off of it. So you're the kind of person we need working for Ashco to help us turn our visions into, you know, resource-generating realities. Just maybe 13 and a half hours a day for three days a week. I think you could make this happen in that time. See, if you had that much time to work on that idea, I bet you could make it happen. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to some of my, some of my um, other actual things like what is ashco all right we're at ashco we, we've established the corporate culture now what are we making in mm-hmm. ashco what products are we providing there are a few different products that i wanted to talk about tonight but i think i need to start with what what i think is probably the original ashco idea this is an idea i came up with years ago mm-hmm. it was really the first truly innovative idea and i, I would hazard <laughs> to say this may in fact be one of the wildest and most disturbing ideas that Ashko <laughs> has to offer. Yeah, Pete is going to go crazy on this one. It's one of these ideas that, you know, it creates as many problems as it solves. Sometimes more. <laughs> Possibly more. But I still think... <laughs> and I think, honestly, this is one of the least doable ideas. Honestly, every other idea I'm going to tell everybody about tonight is a totally doable, sellable, marketable. I don't, yes, this is a joke, but these are real ideas. This idea, I don't actually think this will work. This would be like, you know, like, I don't know, alternate reality, sci-fi yes. novel type thing. But, but that's why I want to preface this, because I don't want to scare people off and think every idea is going to be like this. Because I promise all the other ideas are totally doable. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, we can argue more about that as we come to them. But I think the other ideas are very real ideas. This idea, I admit deeply problematic and not very realistic. However, it is kind of the first idea I ever had for Ashko. Mm-hmm. I think the first of my very wild inventions that I can recall. Mm-hmm. So I, I have to, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. It's where it all began. Wait for it. Are you ready to hear what it is? I mean, you know what I it don't, is. I don't I mean, think anyone's ever going to be ready for this. <laughs> it's the alive fur coat. Say what? All right. So as as everyone knows, having a fur coat made out of, like, animal furs, like, that, you know, from an animal that's been skinned and made into coats, or, you know, however many minks or ermines or whatever you need to make the coat, is controversial. Some people are against it, because it's like, you know, you've, you know, we, we, all, we all know that, you know, some people are against having a fur coat. So, 
The solution is in a live fur coat. It has all the benefits of a fur coat as far as like beauty and softness. And there are even some additional benefits that a, a, a traditional non-alive fur coat doesn't have. Because the alive fur coat is basically an animal that's been genetically engineered to be fur coat-shaped. <laughs> of course, genetically. I was waiting for the genetically engineered part. I mean, obviously, how else are you going to be, make an animal be fur coat-shaped? The, now, the I, benefits, I was thinking more of a stall, maybe, you know, a stall could be... Like sure, I mean, maybe it's not like a coat, maybe it's more of like a cape or something. <laughs> but it still means <laughs> to be the animal still cape. Like Oh my goodness. Now, but before we talk about the many downsides <laughs> problems... <laughs> and you know I'm just waiting to talk about the downsides of this. I would like to note that there are some advantages <clears throat> over a traditional fur. Oh, do tell. Even beyond the fact that you have the peace of mind of knowing that nothing has died in order to make it I don't know. I think some things <laughs> that you wear would wish for the sweet release of death. <laughs> but... <laughs> You know how nice it is, like, you know, like, the reason people have pets partially is because it feels good to pet, like, a cat or a dog or something. They're alive, they're bringing heat and warmth. That's something that a traditional fur coat can't bring to you, is that sort of living heat and warmth that the alive coat brings to you while you're wearing it. This is not necessarily a criticism, I just genuinely want to know how this works. Alright, so, the alive fur coat, how do we get it to stay on you? (laughs) That's my first question. Of many questions. I've always been assuming that it doesn't have Does much, it like, have legs? Range of does motion. it have arms? No. no. I do think that it, you have to like. It is feed in the it. shape of a coat. Yes, it's in it. the shape of so a coat. So it has a head. It has like a head and a mouth yeah. somewhere. Does it have a butt? Does it poop? That's one of the problems we're running. Does it pee? Does it drink water? I think it must. You must drink water and food. Eat food. Yes. Okay, and it must defecate somewhere yes. else. Okay. This is the price you pay for having a life for So it's kind of like a pet, but you can wear it, and it's genetically engineered. It's kind of like, okay, and you know when you go to a restaurant that has a patio, yes. and people have brought their dogs, and the dog's kind of just there, and it's like, sure, it's inconvenient because you have to have, like, water and food for the dog, but the dog's just kind of, like, hanging out. It's like that, except instead of being, like, tied to the patio fence while you're, like, enjoying your margarita under, like, the umbrella or whatever, the coat is just, like, with you, like having the brunch or whatever. So really, you would have to have alive for coats have the temperament and then some of a therapy animal. I think they would be a very lethargic. They couldn't be excitable, like a yapping no, dog. No, this, this is a very quiet, See, very lethargic animal. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm worried about the coat biting people. You, <laughs> no. others. No, the coat other is coats. very... What if it sees another stressful. coat and, like, freaks out? Are you think there would be, like, a fight and yeah. the coat sees another from sure. across the room? Absolutely. I'm picturing this as, like, a very high, like, a very, like... This is not one of the items that I was mentioning before that's, like, available at every CVS. This is a very oh. upper echelon luxury item. This yeah. isn't for everyone. Not, not for everyone, yeah. So, like, you and your fur coat, it's, like, it's, it's a temperamental, very special item. Part of the, it's not just kind of, like, I have this fur coat that happens to be alive. Okay. It's, like, oh, my God, she's wearing, is that a live fur coat? What's its name? How long have you had it? What is it like to eat? Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Like, it's not. And then it turns to them and goes, <laughs> <laughs> I assume it Do they make noise? Like, I think they're Do very they bark? Quiet. I mean. Do they I, yip? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> a lot. Do they mate? No. No, they're kind Do of... Do they have children? No, I think they're the kind of animal where it's you like... produce them from a factory or something. It's sort. kind of like how with bulldogs you have to, like, they don't line up right, so you have to have, like, an artificial insemination. <laughs> but it's even So they beyond, don't have sex organs, you... They have, maybe, I think they, they have produce, sex organs? but I don't think that they can, like, have, like, a pregnancy or anything, like, okay. like fur coats. I think it's all in the, it's all happening in the lab. Okay. Back to the temperament thing. Okay, so we've, we've genetically engineered them to want to stay on people... And to enjoy and even prefer being worn. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking of them as kind of like, you know, I'm thinking you have part like of the a really reason nice cat that like loves to sit on your lap and it just sort of purrs and sit purrs and on your lap, but like not wear it around. Yes, but it's sort of the same way that, that a cat that loves around. to sit on your lap, but this like kind of loves to be worn as a coat. And it wouldn't see another coat and freak out, you're saying? You yeah, would... I don't know. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? That's the chance that you're going to have to be willing to take. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I so you have to sign an agreement if you like buy one. I think the chances of it seeing another coat are pretty low. So I'm assuming that this is like, this is like a two hundred thousand dollar coat. Okay. And you probably have to get on the waiting list to get the coat, and it has to be specially bred to like your dimensions. What about knockoffs? What about people making copies of their own like? I mean, that's a real problem. Hopefully, Ashco's scientists are so far ahead innovation-wise that we're the only ones that are able to make these codes work. I see. Okay. Yes. I'm saying corporate espionage. You know, it's a thing. All right. Should we move on to some of my more plausible? Ideas? Yeah. Sorry, I I just I can't get over this idea. But go on. It's it's the idea that started the whole company. It is. All right. So back to we're we're bringing it back to reality. That that was a wilder idea. And really impractical. So a lot of these are, are practical ideas. They They're may practical, be... but for some reason or another, you have like doubts about them. I have doubts, but go on. Who do you want to talk about first? Um, let's talk about the fact that I have a lot of ideas for penises. You really do, and, and it's interesting because you don't own a penis. No. And I do. I'm, I'm married to a penis owner, but I don't personally have one myself. Yeah, and you have way more ideas about the penis than I do. And while it seems like, you know, maybe a person that doesn't have a penis shouldn't be coming up with all these products for penises. For years, men have come up with products for vaginas. Yeah, but don't women complain about that? Yes, but now I'm going <laughs> to flip, this. flip this on its head. Are you just trying to get revenge? <laughs> I don't know. I love, let's talk about the ideas that me. <laughs> I think yes. We go on. All right. Well, a pretty mundane idea that I have, mm -hmm. and I think that to be fair, this idea has been mocked on Saturday Night Live in that you know Steve Martin sketch. But hi, I'm Steve Martin. With so many celebrities endorsing cosmetics these days. I wanted to make sure the cosmetic I endorsed was very special. That's why I'm proud to put my name on Steve Martin's all-natural penis beauty cream. <laughs> new formula. Try my new beauty cream, and in a matter of weeks, your penis will be looking smoother and softer. <laughs> the way women like it. And because of the new formula, no more scaling. Here's how it works. Just take a small amount and rub gently on the penis for several minutes up to a half hour. You'll notice a difference right away. And don't worry, a slight discoloration is normal. Bob, tell us, how has my Steve Martin's all-natural penis beauty cream new formula helped you? Well, Steve, I'm in real estate. And if I'm not confident, I can't do my job. And you can't feel confident unless your manhood is smooth and soft, right? Exactly. If I'm thinking about my appearance, I'm not thinking about selling houses. The day I started using Steve's cream, I sold three houses. Now I have more energy than before. My confidence is sky high. I just got my pilot's license, and next week I'm flying solo from L.A. to Tahoe with nothing on board except two jars of your cream. That's great. Well, the best part, Steve, is that now I can throw away all those cans of turtle wax. <laughs> Our next guest actually started using my new cream by accident. Isn't that right, Dave? That's right, Steve. I thought it was for something else. And now that you've been using the product, how have you found it? Well, Steve, I found I have a lovelier, more luxurious, softer penis than I ever had with other beauty creams. Probably because it's the first beauty lotion made especially for the Johnson. <laughs> I'll tell you, if I could afford it, I would use your cream 24 hours a day. And is your wife more attracted to you now that you've been using my cream? Well, Steve, my wife recently left me. But before, before she did, she said, I hope you and your Steve Martin's beauty cream will be very happy. <laughs> Well, that's a lovely tribute. Thank you, Dave. Steve Martin's all-natural penis beauty cream new formula. You know it's safe. Why? Because it's tested on animals. And if you order by mail, don't worry. It's shipped in a plain brown wrapper with the words, not penis cream, stamped all over it in big red letters. 
So pick up a jar today and remember, it's the only cream with the picture of my penis on it. My idea is actually serious. This is for a penis moisturizing cream. Now, of course the joke is that it's like, you know, really for masturbating, but it's not. Ashco's penis moisturizing cream is truly for moisturization. We already know how you feel about carnal pleasures in the workplace, so we know <laughs> you're anti-sex. <laughs> it's not that I'm against it. I just think that there's a legitimate need for personal moisturizing items sometimes for men yeah. who've maybe maybe you've used the wrong soap in the shower and things have gotten kind of dried out down there okay and and your 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 idea is good in that yes. i think different skins require like we have different soaps for faces exactly so and this we is have like, different soaps for hands exactly so why don't you have a why soap not for it's it's also a very sensitive area maybe one of the more sensitive areas on the body yeah so like if you need to moisturize it you i can, think you need a product that's safe you can wash with body wash on your arms and legs and torso and be fine but like but it does when when you start washing that area sometimes things do get dried out so you know, wouldn't you like to have a moisturizer that would be safe for that area? I actually think if your marketing department can can do its job here, I think this may be your most plausible Ashco idea. It's a real idea. Yes, that I I will fully admit this is this is one of your like more legit ideas. I think that the some of the humps that would really need to overcome are kind of like. Sure, there's occasionally a need for moisturization in that area, maybe, but like what guy actually wants to like spend his money moisturizing. I think women are maybe more likely to spend their money on moisturizers for specific targeted areas of the body than men are. I don't know. But why, I'm wrong. but why don't you use the sex angle to sell this though? I why, think why not? You could also use it for that. No. Yes. It would be safe. I suppose. Well, of course it would be safe. It's meant for that. Well, but I don't know if it's meant to, like, say, if you're having sex with a woman, I don't know if the moisturizer should go into the woman's body. Like, it's maybe I'm not, not talking like, about that. I'm talking about, like, say like, a woman is with you in the shower. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be perfectly usable for that. I think that we could have the same product, but package it differently and market it into, to two different markets. Because can, I don't want to market... You can market it on your couple's app. True, true. The thing I'm wanting to avoid, though, is... Yes, I think a lot of people might use it in a sexual way, but I don't want to scare off the man who truly needs it for moisturizing, but might feel embarrassed to buy it if he thinks that, like, at the checkout counter, people are going to think he's buying, like, a sex cream. Fair there are people that feel weird about buying personal care items like that. Like, I guess you have to balance how much that, you know what I mean? Yeah, like how much of how your much you would potential get. profit versus losing or gaining. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I, I think there are people that don't want to be seen buying like a personal lubricant or something at the store because then if you know somebody they know walks by, they might feel weird about it. I think there are people that would be... Yeah, but let's go back to CVS. I mean, there's they sell neck massagers and back massagers there we all know what we've all seen the, the packaging for what those look like and we all know that people aren't always buying those for neck and back massaging i guess the i guess the important distinction for me here is that i want this to truly be a good moisturizing product for a man who's experienced some kind of you know unfortunate dryness yes and i don't want to be like happens. yeah and i don't want to be like just for other things yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next, right. I, next idea. Another, another penis idea. Next penis-related idea. Okay. This is an idea that I know you have a lot of problems with. Mm-hmm. Now, and of course, I've come up with this idea, you know, as a non-penis owner, just looking at the way that clothes are structured. It's a penis support underwear. Basically, <laughs> I don't really understand the underwear situation that the average man is working with. Because, okay, like... Correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, when you're wearing pants... As I am doing right now. You have to make a decision. No. But go on. Okay, like, if things are kind of going in one direction or another, and 
things have to kind of go towards one pant leg or the other, right? I think it usually is able to find its own way. I don't need to... I, I may need to ju- adjust this way or that way. That, that's what I'm trying to eliminate because it's... But it's not like, oh my gosh, I, feel like I need it's, to... Whoa. It's more like just shift your leg this way, shift your leg that way. It, it, it sorts itself out usually. But I mean... If it doesn't, you can always excuse yourself. But wouldn't you like to have something to kind of direct you so that you stay right, in an appropriate you, location right, like, inside your pants all the time? Before you sell it too hard, can you describe it a little better? This would just be underwear, but with like... But it's in the outline of a penis and ball. No, it would be a regular underwear, but then there would be a sheath part of it that you kind of slip your penis into. It <laughs> keeps your penis in the okay. place that you choose. <clears throat> it would be... It would be both large and flexible so that, you know, there's room for, like, you know, things that... So I've got a floppy piece of fabric covered by flaccid (laughs) penis. I mean, that could be... I don't know. Um, Okay, so you want... Can I tell you my problems with this? Yes. Okay. First of all, like I said, the the flappy part... No, no, thank you. Also... Men are very different from each other. Some men swing this way, some men swing that way. You know, there's a lot of size differentials, you know, depending on how much blood is going down there. You know, people are, are showers and, and growers and, and all but it'll be like sorts in between. Okay, well, I think this could work if this was a product people actually wanted, if it was more tailored. It would have mm-hmm. to be tailored. But I really don't see this as being a product people who have penises are going to want. I think you will have an easier time convincing people of the cream. Yes, than you no, will I, I admit that there. I admit this that the, the underwear is, is questionable. Yeah. But I guess as a non-penis haver, I just don't understand how you can just kind of have things dangling and then you just sort of shove them into the pants. Like we're not shoving them anywhere. But you're just kind of putting pants on, even though there are parts of you that dangle, okay. and they're just kind of in the pants. But there's no designated area in the pants for them. Okay, but you have to understand that based on temperature, vibration, sure, uh, time of day, any number of factors, the, the breeze blowing this way or that way, can influence where and how much room takes up. Yes, so I see what you're saying. you need that flexibility that you seem to not understand as a non-penis Okay, but what about, like, what if you were to go running? Would it be uncomfortable for your penis to be kind of jangling around as you jog or whatever? Maybe. So if you had, like, a more supportive underwear, you might feel better. I think if you really wanted to go that route, I think tidy whities are still available in stores. Do you think that people that go running a lot wear tidies while they're, like, running? Maybe. I don't know. Honestly, it's been a long time since I've been running. If a guy's in a marathon, does he get, like, special underwear to keep himself from chafing, or does he just kind of, like, see what happens? That, I don't know. I, I don't would imagine know. so. Maybe. Okay, well, let's move on from this idea, because, like, admittedly, there's some, there's some kinks to be worked out. You need to send this one back to the R&D department. We're still, we're still developing this one. Okay. I want to talk about a, a newer idea okay. that I had recently that I feel has some potential. And I feel like maybe this this is already a thing somewhere, but mine would be a little more streamlined and we really like bring this to the masses. And this mm. is this one's more this could be for a man, but I think it's really more for the ladies, is kind of what I was envisioning. Mm. This is basically I don't have a good name for this yet, but it's basically a push up bra but for your butt. Alright, go on. Alright. So as you know, a lot of women, not all the time, but like sometimes, will wear a push-up bra, which yeah. is basically a bra that is made in such a way, and then usually there's some kind of, there could be padding or not padding, but there's something in the bra to kind of, the way that it is, to make your breasts kind of give some extra lift to make them look both fuller and perkier. So it's like is, pushing them up. Is this a wire? Is there a wire involved? There can be a wire or not. It's an underwire. Will there be a wire in your I was product? not picturing a wire. How are you... Because the butt is probably more unruly than a breast, so you might even need this kind of... I actually think the more. butt is more unruly than the breast. Okay, but if you're sitting on it, and you're sitting on a wire, that could be a There's problem. not going to be a wire. That's why I'm is saying Is this going to be comfortable to sit on, is my, is my point. Somewhat, but I mean, like, bras are only somewhat comfortable. Yeah, but you're not sitting on your bra. 
Yeah, but like, that's why we're wearing a proper I think, honestly, that's my only criticism of this idea. And see, I, I totally recognize that that's a problem. However, here's my thing. There are people that get butt implants, and to me, that sounds like you would be dooming yourself to be uncomfortable forever. Yeah, but those heal. But you're still going to be sitting on the implant, right? But it's probably somewhat, you know. You're still going to feel like you're sitting on something like that's like inside of your. I don't ass. have a butt implants, so I don't like I, butt implants, so I can't tell you. I think it has to feel weird forever. I can't yeah. imagine that it ever feels quite right, just because you're sitting on it. Okay. You know what I mean. But, and you're, this is, but you're, you're saying that the, your product will be comfortable to sit on. My product will be somewhat comfortable to sit on. Somewhat. It's not going to have wires in it. I was picturing more of like foam, maybe some silicone, some kind of a very lightweight but flexible, you know, various like plasticky type of materials. I'm not sure what the exact mm-hmm. makeup of the whole thing will be. But basically picture... A push-up bra, but for your butt. And this wouldn't be something you wear constantly. Kind of like how most people that have a push-up bra don't wear it all the time. Just mm-hmm. on certain occasions when you want your breast to look like extra, you know, perky and large and whatever. It would be like, I'm wearing my push-up bra. I'm picturing the butt thing kind of like that. You know, just on certain occasions when you want your butt to look a certain way. You know, a little perkier, a little rounder. No. It's like a shapewear, but you know, but it's like for the butt, just to give it that extra I, little oomph. I think this product is like 75% of the way there. I think you need a little more work on it. I mean, there's going to need to be some testing of like people wearing these to figure out how to make them the most comfortable and the most natural looking. So I'm not saying it's impossible. Yeah. It'll just take some work. So that someone could look at the clothed individual who's wearing this and just think that that person has a great ass and not be like, you know, what's happening here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still think there's there's some potential future for that idea. Yes. Yeah. All right. But what's your next idea? My next idea is also a pretty new idea. Um, this is an idea that I actually think is a great idea. You seemed so off-put by this idea when I mentioned it the other day. But, and we have not come up with an appealing name for it yet, but it's the anal deodorizer. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Now, it's not just for, like, general deodorization of that area. It's specifically for... Oh, if only it was just for that. (laughs) It's specifically for if if someone is experiencing a period of flatulence. Like, you know, when someone's just having, like, a slew of stinky farts. This would be a small tablet that you could just insert into your anus... That then as you fart, the farts would kind of pass through the tablet and it would it would work in several different ways. Is this like a filter uh, cigarette? Or it's somewhat like a filter, but it works in two different ways. Partially something in the deodorizer actually like traps the odor molecules or whatever. So it works mm-hmm. in that way, and also partially it you know, masks them. So, you know, there's maybe like a little bit of a fresh scent going on. Like nothing overwhelming, but it's like, it's working in multiple ways to try to neutralize the odor as much as possible. But this is a suppository. Basically, yes. But a very small, and this is like what I was talking about when I was saying, like, this is on the shelf at CVS. You can just go in there and grab this. It wouldn't be for everyday use. I'm picturing like, if you're going on an airplane and you know that you're having a problem with farts, or if you have a big work presentation and you know that when you get nervous you tend to have some bowel trouble and you know the farting could be happening and you don't want to like so, blow it because of like this happening you just you swing by cvs you pick this up you go into the bathroom at work before your presentation <laughs> you insert this and then you're good to go for okay. like a couple hours I guess, I guess my hesitation one of my hesitations with this idea is that you're still farting yes the farts are still happening yes yet your pill suppository is trapping the odor, is some of the, ingredients, the odor. Some of the ingredients in there are tra- trying to trap some of the odor. Some of them are just sort of trying to... But really the, like, them. wind, the gas is still escaping. Yeah. This isn't going to fully eliminate... Are people going to know still... That you're farting. That you're farting. Maybe, but I mean, you can stop. They will just appreciate that you used a suppository (laughs) to mask. Well, I mean, surely you've had an experience. If it slightly smells like strawberries, are people going to be like, (laughs) 
Oh. But surely, surely you've had an experience where you've needed a fart, and you've kind of managed to do it in a way that was, like, fairly silent. Yeah, but I think that is usually followed by people then being like, what's going on here? Yeah, but especially if you, I'm talking about... If only like, I had your product, right? Yeah, because I'm talking about, like, a situation where it's like, surely you've been trapped with someone in a space, and the person is farting, and it's, like, not just, like, a regular fart, it's, like... It's like a really putrid one. Mm-hmm. Surely you would have would have liked if they had found some way of somewhat mitigating the odor. I think your biggest competition here is that there are pills and stuff that you can take that will just stop you from farting in the first place. And I think that is more desirable to people than continuing to fart and <laughs> using a suppository. <laughs> However, there are people... I'm not saying it's impossible. There are people that don't like to take pills. Yes. There are people that don't like to put anything into their body in a way where the system is absorbing it. Mm -hmm. And they might be willing to use a suppository before they would be willing to ingest something that's then going to work its way through their whole system. Mm -hmm. I think the fact that it is a suppository would be off-putting to some people. I do think this is a, a big problem. But on the other hand, you're really getting the root of the problem there. Sure. Not the root of the problem, but you're really going no, to you're not Actually, that's my problem. You're not getting to the root of the problem. I, I mean, yes, this is just a band-aid on a larger problem. You know, why are you farting so badly? <laughs> you should probably start <laughs> figuring that out first. But this is like... What if you, someone's having a medical problem and you're just masking the, like, <laughs> symptoms? But it's like all these products where it says, like, don't use this for more than five days without consulting your doctor. Or so you're going to have warnings on them. Of course. Okay. Ash Legal Department will be all over. Oh, yes.
If you enjoy this podcast, there are several ways to support it. Join the Rob Burgess Show mailing list. Go to tinyletter.com forward slash the Rob Burgess Show and type in your email address. Then respond to the automatic message. I have a Patreon account, which can be found at patreon.com forward slash Rob Burgess Show Patreon. I hope you'll consider supporting in any amount. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available, including iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Facebook, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, and RSS. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. And if you have something to say, record a voice memo on your smartphone and send it to therobburgessshow at gmail.com. Include voice memo in the subject line of the email. Until next time.